going on, Packers fans? Aaron Nagler here, Cheesehead TV, talking football with my good friend Andy Herman. Week one in the books, Andy. And hey, what do you know? The Bears still suck. Funny how that works. <laughs> oh, we were just talking offline. Uh, you know, you'll think maybe Bears fans will learn from this and maybe they won't talk quite okay. as much smack, but they just never learn. This was a this is a really fun one. This is a little bit more. There, there's just so much smack talk through the course of the offseason that this one just felt really freaking good. It felt so great. And here's the thing. What's so fun about this game for me, other than getting to dunk on Bears fans, that's always enjoyable. But how much there is to look at and kind of dissect and talk about when it comes to the play of not just the team, but the young guys and how much promise and growth potential you can see. Because like I think across the board from Jordan Love uh, all the way through the roster, really, other than say the – really seasoned veterans like Kenny Clark or David Bakhtiari, Aaron Jones, Jair Alexander, like those guys, you know what to expect week in and week out. They're stalwarts, but man, the young guys, again, including Jordan, it's so fun to watch them kind of, I don't want to say flail around, but you definitely got the sense of like, Oh, Hey guys, we're playing a football game. Like it, it was so great because you saw the raw athleticism of a Lucas Van Ness. You saw the real power of a Devontae Wyatt. But, man, they're still just so young and honing their skills while beating down another professional football team. I mean, if you're a Packers fan, I think just the pure football side of it, you've got to be so excited after coming off that game. Could not agree more. And I'll even actually push back a little bit on some of the veteran stuff because I think there was some question of like, which Rasul Douglas do you get? Which Devontae Erickson? Uh, Rasul's um, a really good point. Devondre Campbell do you yeah. get? Which Darnell Savage do you get? Like even some oh. of the veterans, you weren't exactly yeah. quite sure which version of them you were going to get. I thought Rasul yesterday played a really, really good football game. A lot of what Great. we saw all throughout training camp, that carried over. This looked like two years ago, Rasul Douglas. And then to your point, the young players. And I think the biggest thing that pops off is the speed and the athleticism. And, you know, we can always look at the relative athletic scores when Goody drafts everyone or signs somebody. And yes, you have to have a base level of football too. But when you put a whole field of athletes out on the field that are just freaks, this sometimes is what you get. You get guys that are flying around with their hair on fire. And I thought when you get a little bit more passion and intensity, guys rallying to the football with that speed, that athleticism, that's some of the stuff that you can get. So I, I thought that flew off the page yesterday, both offense, defense, and actually on special. We fence too, Aaron. On, the on we fence, too. yes. Thank you for correcting yourself so I don't have to. Um, You know, we always start with the offense. Let's start with the defense. And sure. only, only because you brought up Rasul, who, to your point, I think played not only his best game in probably over a year, but, man, his most physical game that I can remember as like, it's so interesting to talk about that mentality, right? That fly to the ball, all the, all 11 hats to the ball. And that's, you know, somewhat kind of coach speak at times. You really saw it kind of pop off the screen yesterday. And Rasul was a kind of a leader in that regard. He was so physical. And to your point, it kind of was a carryover from what we saw this summer to the point where I remember that one practice where he was just absolutely oh, yeah. laying into the offense, the Packers offense yeah. this before the Patriots even got to town. Like he was going off so hard that like Aaron Jones had to start drawing back at him a little bit and saying, Hey, we're on the same team guy. I mean, he brought that intensity to that game throughout. And I, I just thought that kind of, I don't want to say like they fed off of it. Cause that kind of sounds cliche, but man, you could see how, 
the guys did really rally to the ball in a way I don't think we've seen a whole lot of in Green Bay, especially since Joe Barry's been in town. And the way not only Russell, but to, again, Darnell Savage, that's the most physical I've seen him play yep. since Joe Barry's been in town. And you put all that together and you start to see, okay, yes, sometimes are there, you definitely saw still the too high shell, keeping stuff in front of them. That can work. If you're rallying to the ball and making the tackle, that's what we saw again and again and again yesterday. And that was so encouraging. Yeah, you mentioned a couple. I think we would probably agree that this wasn't Rudy Ford's overall best game, but I posted a video on Twitter too where he's coming from deep safety, complete opposite side of the field, and he comes like a missile to the other side, and the running back's getting the ball on the other side. All of a sudden, Rudy Ford just screams in the screen, and he is just laying that running back out. So to your point, that physicality, that intensity, that rallying to the football, Rudy Ford didn't have to be there. He didn't have to cross all the way to the other side of the field to lay a missile hit on an opposing Bears (laughs) player, but he did, and I'm glad that he did and I'm sure the Bears player was not happy about it but it was awesome it was really really fun and I think there was a lot of things that were the complete antithesis of the week one game against Minnesota a season ago a the rallying to the football I thought the communication on the back end of the defense was night and day difference not 100% perfect week one but man they handed things off way way better than they did than that Minnesota game a season ago. I thought even some of the matchups, and yes, they played a lot of zone coverage still, but more often than not, Jair was lined up across from DJ Moore and Razul Douglas and that physicality lined up across from Chase Claypool. And yeah, maybe sometimes the Bears could use motion against it and whatever, so be it. At least start in that formation and make them do stuff to counter it. I just thought there was so much that was better one year later than what they did in week one a season ago, and I think they learned a lot of their lessons. Could not agree more. Uh, it's interesting, though. You, you talk about the guys on the perimeter who I thought held up really well all game long. It's interesting watching Keyshawn Nixon in that game because this is something we talked about last week as far as he was pretty up and down this summer in that slot role. And I thought you saw a continuation of that yep. yesterday. I thought on the plus side, he's such a willing tackler. He's so physical to keep going along with this physical theme he is great in that regard. That block that he gets basically goes through Claypool in the attempted block to drop the ball carrier behind the line of scrimmage. There's a tackle of Herbert in the open field where that in the past, you, you're you almost yep. counting on that rupturing into a big gain and he stops it in its tracks. Those are great plays and that's what you want from your slot. But man, the touchdown he gives up, the, there's a couple other places where he seems maybe not a step slow, but his maybe his eyes are in the wrong spot or he's taking a false step. I just think that's going to be part of the journey with Nixon in the slot this year because I, I don't doubt for a moment that the Packers are going to want to live with it because of those physical aspects. But, man, I just think the further we get into the season, the more we're probably going to see opponent, opposing offensive coordinators start to dial up stuff to try and take advantage of him. Yeah, and I wonder too if, if there's not a workaround here because I, I love his physicality in the slot. I think he tackles well. He does not lack for confidence. He's <laughs> up and down a little bit in coverage. There's a couple plays where he plays well. There's a couple other plays like the touchdown, a couple plays in the flat where he's just a step slow to it. Hopefully, maybe that just comes with time and that, it, you know, maybe he learns from it. But right. if he doesn't, 
is there a world in which maybe on some obvious passing downs, maybe do you get Jair inside where you don't have to worry about him quite as much going up against the run and then maybe a Carrington Valentine, or maybe when Eric Stokes comes back, do you maybe try one of those players on the outside with Jair in the slot just to get your better coverage guys on the field in some clear and obvious passing situations. They used uh, some dime defense the other day or yesterday, and uh, they used Razul in the slot in those situations. I don't think we want to see a whole helping of that, but I think in a little bits and pieces, here and there that's something they could look at as well so I'm, I'm wondering if maybe as time goes on if that does continue to be an issue if maybe they can't find some workaround to that but I do like his intensity his physicality his confidence up front I do think that helps on early downs and maybe you live a little bit with some of the coverage hiccups here and there but I do think when you have obvious obvious passing downs you got to get your best coverage guys on the field and maybe over time they try to get a, a Carrington Valentine or an Eric Stokes on the field in those situations and then one of the things that jumped, I mean, completely jumped off the screen yesterday watching that game. The guys being able to hold it down on the back end in large part because of the pressure up front from the defensive front seven. I mean, whether it was, you know, the pairing of Kenny Clark and Devontae Wyatt is really exciting, especially going back and rewatching it. Uh, but the work they did in tandem with the outside backers, I mean, very, very from my like kind of I've only rewatched the game once, but not a ton of pressure calls, you know, a lot right. of four man rush, a lot of they played some stunts, games, what have you. But, man, it was four guys doing work almost down in and down out. And that talk about marrying your coverage and your rush. Uh, they did a supreme job of that to the point where it resulted in the pick six for Quay Walker. You know, again, that's a four man rush. You know, they're not. It wasn't heavy blitzing, but no. the work those guys did up front was so promising and so exciting. Yeah, I'm I'm 48 plays in on defense so far, and the only two pressures that I can remember are actually the one where they brought the double corners off the edge, Jair, yep. and Jair should have had the sack on Fields, yep. and the, like tip your cap to Justin Fields a little bit. He made an awesome play on that. Um, and then the other one was the touchdown uh, to what that Keyshawn Nixon gave up. They brought Rudy Ford off yep. the corner on that one. So uh, the pressure actually, when they did bring pressure, it, at least in the ones that I'm remembering off the top of my head, wasn't super effective. Um, when they stayed home and kind of rushed four and let Devontae Wyatt, Lucas Van Ness, Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, like all those guys just kind of cook up front. That's when they had their best success. And I mean, I think the really fun thing, and I'm sure we're going to talk about it on offense too, with who was missing on offense, but Rashawn Gary just playing a smattering of snaps in this game. And even when he was in, he looked really, really good. But I mean, man, you, you have him for 50 snaps a game playing at that level. That's going to change this defense even for the better as well. So this was a really impressive first step. And there's just the ability to come in in waves with those guys now and not like, there, there was a point in time not too long ago when you're, you get Jonathan Garvin and Ladarius Hamilton coming off yep. the edge and you're just like, all right, we're not going to get pressure off the edge on those plays. And on the no. interior, if it's no offense to the Tyler Lancasters and those guys of the world, but if those guys come in, you're just not getting interior pressure on those plays. Now you've got guys in Wyatt and Carl Brooks we saw get a sack. Colby Wooden had a great play in the backfield where he immediately penetrated. It was a run stop, but I'm like, oh, that's Devontae Wyatt. I'm like, oh, no, that's not Devontae Wyatt. That's Colby Wooden. I know, and right? I had the exact same reaction. Action. Like I remember specifically thinking, oh, why it's having a game. Oh, wait, that's Wooden. Oh, that's like, Colby Wooden. I know. The, the um, quick, quite a quick step, the quick initial pressure is so key to his game and it jumps off the screen, no doubt. It is. And the fact that you can rotate in Anigbari and LVN and Preston and Gary and even a Justin Hollins here and there, like the depth is just so much different than it's been. And all those guys have the ability to penetrate into the backfield. Well, switching over to the offensive side, uh, we'll we'll stick along the line because I mean, the offensive 
line just did the work I mean, yesterday as far as I think I saw PFF, I think, had them down for allowing two pressures like the entire game. Yeah. I, now, obviously, look, I you say what you want about the Bears, what their front is, etc. I get it all. But, man, that's a professional football team. And you kept the quarterback clean all day long. And I don't think it's any mystery. You know, you watch Jordan in the game he had throwing for what 245 three touchdowns 123 pass rating or whatever it was like that doesn't just happen if he's running for his life or like no. having to drop his eyes and being nervous about the rush like he's playing i don't want to say seven on seven but he's being able to operate the offense at a really high level because he knows he's he's got that protection in front of him he never seems flustered and i think yes i think it's part of his nature uh in general but I also think it's a product of no, you know, playing behind those guys and knowing, yeah, they they they've got this on lockdown up front in front of me. Yeah, don't certainly never take it for granted. Go watch the Bengals against the Browns yesterday. Go Lord. watch the Giants against the Cowboys. Those defensive fronts just annihilated those offensive line. There's some very poor offensive line play throughout the league, and Green Bay showed off that they've got five good starters when it comes to pass protection, run blocking, hit and miss from time to time. But I thought from a pass pro standpoint point they were phenomenal they got depth there too they brought Rashid Walker in as a sixth uh, offensive lineman slash you know you know whatever you want to call him Dude, on that throwback screen Rashid Walker is on his horse he on is. his horse looking for someone to block and he never gets to but like just but he doesn't touch anyone but like the fact that he's hauling ass like 40 almost 50 yards downfield Amazing. looking for someone to block I love that play I do too. And I love that player too. He's been nothing but impressive all off season long and even going into this game. So yeah, I think the, the, the offensive line played that, that was my biggest thing that I've been on all off season long is if there was one thing that gave me a ton of confidence, you go back to the first half of last year when Bakhtiari misses a first couple games and then it yep. takes him a couple games to kind of get back in the swing. Then he goes out with the appendectomy. You don't get a ton of Bakhtiari and then Elton Jenkins, he misses a couple games. You put him at right tackle. He really struggles at right tackle. And I I think some of it's just the rust coming off the ACL. They move him back at left guard, plays one game there, then misses a game. And then he, you know, after that, they keep him at left guard and every, he looks like Elton Jenkins after that, but basically half a season is gone by, by that point. I thought John Runyon Jr. Had a little bit of a down year last year. Myers didn't play great last year. And like, and then Zach Tom, you saw towards the end of the year being like, okay, this is going to probably be a player. And he's taken a significant step. I thought he was the best player on offense in this game. And that's saying something, but like, if this offense, uh, the offensive line, excuse me, took the step that I thought they could, that was my biggest hope and that I thought that this team could potentially take a major step from last year. And this was hopefully a really good sign of what's going to come for this offensive line. It's interesting. I'm gl really glad you brought up the run blocking. Uh, the idea that, yeah, the I said in my postgame chat, like uh, offensive, the pass blocking was lights out. I loved it. Yeah. It was fascinating to me to see all of the instant reactions online about A.J. Dillon. Because I had so many people in our, our chat on the watch party and so many people in my post-game chat. And then even in my mentions on Twitter, like AJ like runs the gamut because it's it's the internet. I understand. But like, oh, he's a bust. They got to find a, second, a different second back. And I'm like, go back and watch that game again and watch AJ's carry specifically. Yes. Are there some like no gain, one yard gain, whatever? There are plenty of plays there where I think AJ makes something out of nothing in regards to guys being shoved back into the backfield on just right off the initial snap. There's plenty of plays where he he's powering through and making some decent yardage in the red zone. Like 
I understand it's frustrating. He's not Aaron Jones, but man, he can only work with what he's got in front of him. And there was so much inconsistency with the run blocking yesterday. Yeah. I just, I, I just need people to like take a breath on AJ Dillon a little bit. There's so many things I want to say here. First of all, <laughs> the the first thing that I think he deserves a ton of credit for, he was awesome in pass pro again. He had a couple really nice blitz pickups. Like, like he's just very consistent in that regard, which is not nothing. Secondly, he might have had one of the plays of the game when he just hung on to the football on that one play where it just gets annihilated in the first, yeah. like he gets the ball and all of a sudden there's a dude right oh, on him. Right. Like if he fumbles there, that's a, maybe a totally different ball game. Just holding on to that in and of itself was, was, um, you know, worthy of praise. And then to your point, like you go back and you watch, I think he got a little bit unlucky with the carries that he got where it just wasn't blocked up quite as well. And then the last thing you hit the nail on the head of like, yeah, he's not Aaron Jones. Very few people are. Aaron Jones <laughs> is a phenomenal running back. And one of the things that's going against Dylan the most is that he's like compared to the guy that's in front of him that's just doing dynamic stuff every single time he gets his hands on the football. So yeah, I think there is some of that. I do think, you know, AJ is who he is. He's never going to be the dynamic guy. He's not going to make a ton of people miss. But if you get him blocked up a little bit, and he, to your point, he made a couple of plays. He did make a you know a couple of guys miss in the backfield, or at least run through some players where that could have been negative two, three yards, and he got one yard out of it. He and all you see is it, one yeah. carry, one yard, and it doesn't look super sexy. But if he added a plus four yards to what that should have been, there's still value in that as well. So I'm I'm with you. I get it, and I I still think there's probably something to uh, maybe Dylan would have you know. Maybe you would have liked some of those carries back to get a little bit more out of it, but this, I'll put it this way. This is not Royce Newman. This is not like somebody <laughs> that's out there where you're just like, oh my God, this right. guy is potentially losing the us the game. Yeah. This is a fine player that just is, looks worse in comparison to player who's in front of him. Well, and I think, and I think the obvious reason this happens is, and you know, I, you know me, it's the idea of draft stock, right? Yeah. It is inescapable. So when people, you know, remember that he was a second round pick and where the Packers were when they took him, that is inescapable in some people's mind, in a lot of people's minds. And then you turn around and you look at Aaron Jones. Where was he picked? You know, right. and it's this. But this crystallizes my point about the draft. It's like I don't care about any of that once they're on the football field. Yeah. And like AJ, AJ is a good football player. Aaron Jones is a great, historically great player and to compare the two and to bemoan the fact that AJ isn't Aaron drives me insane, but that's always going to be the prism that they're viewed through. And yeah, I you hate get, you got to look it. at the draft as a whole always, because um, you, you know, how many times in the history of the Packers has the best player been the first player that they selected from the draft class. It's right. very, I'm, very rare. It Ron Wolf had a, a ton of like, uh, yeah. I'm not going to say full on misses, but a lot of not great picks in the first yeah. round and he killed it. In the like middle. later in the draft. Yeah. Yeah. If you can get a handful of picks, uh, you know, you, like ideally one, you know, star, a uh, couple starters and a rotational player out of draft. It doesn't matter where you get them. You just got to find them in some capacity. By the way, before, well, since I'm throwing Royce Newman under the bus, had like five yeah. snaps in that game. Looked really good in those five snaps. There so you go. Hey, Royce snaps. Newman. Stepping up, stepping up. Uh, but speaking of stepping up, how about those young pass catchers? I mean, yeah. Going into this game, you know, you're online, you're on YouTube every day. I mean, I know my comment section. I'm sure yours as well. Holy cow, or Packers fans, uh, some section of Packers fans, beyond nervous, but just for the fact that Christian Watson wasn't going to play and yeah. Romeo Dobbs was limited. It's like, how many times does Matt LaFleur have to put together a game plan where he utilizes all of the pieces on offer 
to kind of make up for it in the aggregate, so to speak, before Packers fans have a little faith. And I understand, again, it's one game. I, I get it. But, man, the, these these guys are pretty good at what they do. And I thought, given the fact that, you know, Romeo was on somewhat of a pitch count and you had a bunch of young guys, second year and first year, operating at a really high level in a pretty complicated offense, I mean, you you can't come away from that game and not be excited about all that's on offer and all that's ahead of the guys who are tasked with catching footballs week and week, week after week from Jordan Love. Yeah, no world would have I expected, you know, Dontavian Wicks to get the most snaps of any wide receiver in this game. And it's probably right? probably the only game that that's going to hopefully happen all season long if, if everyone remains, you know, healthy moving forward. But, you know, we talked about it earlier with Rashawn Gary not playing the entirety of the game and on a snap count. We saw Romeo Dobbs a little bit on a snap count and then Christian Watson doesn't even play. And you still see some of the explosiveness on this offense. And they didn't even hit on all the plays that were available right. to them. The, the, obviously, the, the big one down the field to Luke Musgrave where Musgrave and Love just not on the same page. Um, I thought there were a couple opportunities to Jaden Reed down the field too. There was a two third downs, if I remember correctly where love and, and reed just kind of couldn't connect I, I would have liked to see reed come back to the ball on one i guarantee you he'll do that moving forward like th there was still some you know some uh meat left on that bone that i think they can still go out and get and that's with again romeo dobbs on a pitch count yeah aaron jones only pl playing half the game a due to injury and b because they forgot about him again for a little <laughs> bit and then uh you know yeah, and, yeah, yeah. obviously uh christian watson like they're gonna have a very fun offense full of playmakers. And we talked about it at the onset on, on all three phases. But once again, we saw the speed on display, Luke Musgrave being able to get down the field, Jaden Reed being able to get down the field. And then you see some of the skill come through too with Romeo Dobbs and the way that he was able to separate on some of those plays. So just a fun offense that I think is going to continue to evolve through the course of the year. Looking ahead to the Atlanta game, I haven't had a chance to watch the their their matchup yet, but uh, you know, just reading about it a little bit, sure seems like the Packers – you know, I'm not going to say catching them at a good time or anything like that, but it's, I like that they're playing this team, the Falcons early in the year. Yeah. Uh, I, I do think it's, it's tough. Uh, another road game, two road games, right out of, right out of the gate. Uh, and obviously their first round pick, the running back is, is a problem. I mean, you don't have to see, watch the game. You can just look at the highlights to see his capability and know that that's going to be a focus, but I like the Packers having to kind of, be road warriors for the first couple weeks because they are so young to get them acclimated, so to speak. And then, you know, again, the Falcons, a team in transition, I think is fair. And I think the Packers, you know, I can't speak to how they match up, but I like the idea of a young athletic team like the Packers certainly showed they are yesterday uh, being able to go into Atlanta and hopefully continue to improve and like build on the things we saw yesterday that maybe were a little ragtag at times, but Hopefully they can utilize this as a springboard to, you know, okay, this is, these are the issues we know we have to work on and focus on and Atlanta provides them that opportunity. Yeah. And I think the big one that they're going to take away, I'm sure is some of the missed tackles and John Robinson will make you pay for those missed tackles. If you do them, you saw some of the elusiveness that Justin Fields has. Now imagine that even to a degree higher with Bajan right. Robinson and he's getting the ball. Yeah, bigger man too. The game, yeah. You know, so right. um, it's going to be an issue. And uh, the, the kid from BYU is it Allergier or what Tyler Allergier or whatever. I don't know how you say his last name, but he's a heck of a running back too. You adding Kyle Pitts at tight end. Like they're going to have some players on offense that if you're not sound, if you're not rallying to the football, if you're not, um, you know, again, sound with your tackling, they will make you pay for it. And I think this is the really fun thing about this Packers team is like, this is such now 
a real test is to see like, can you do it week to week? Because I don't think anyone's expecting Atlanta to make this major run this upcoming year, but it's still a road game. Like you don't want to get too high from the the bears win that you just had. Can you keep things steady? And like you said, grow from one week to the next. And if they can do that, I like their opportunity to be two and oh, um, if they can't do that and they take that step back, then they have to, you know, sort of learn from that too. But I think this is a really, really interesting matchup and another really cool litmus test for really both the Falcons and the Packers. Absolutely. Andy, can't thank you enough. Love talking ball with you each and every Monday, days after the Packers games, whenever they happen. Thank you so much, man. I hope everyone, if you're out there, you're listening, you're watching, make sure you check out Pack-A-Day Podcast. It's the bomb.com and all of Andy's work, wherever you find him online. Andy, thank you so much, man. Appreciate it. Enjoy your victory Monday. 